Ahoy mateys, this is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that likes to dance but only around ancient ruins my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're donning our best goat skin pants as we listen and talk a few choice cuts from some of our favorite horror films but before we get in that let me remind you we're part of the boom howdy podcast network boom howdy you can find all of our past episodes at boomhowdy.com or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for nightmare junkhead in your itunes or soundcloud app hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your in-house hole and don't forget if you are on social media you can follow our shenanigans on twitter we are at nightmare junk and on facebook we are at nightmare junkhead and this is going to be our second episode here in the young year of 2019 so far so good as so far so good as so we think (laughs) right (laughs) we should definitely say at this point we're banking quite a few episodes here so hopefully everything is going on on the regular (laughs) that's the danger sometimes of banking these but it's been a while actually for us to do this particular type of episode um a lot of the times especially and we didn't realize how busy we were going to be yeah december was almost as bad as october which is wonderful just because of all the cool genre stuff that happens the second most wonderful time of the year but we didn't realize how genuinely busy we were Mm -hmm. so it was harder for to do some of our you know specialty programming if you will (laughs) exactly our specialty segments i guess i should say but thankfully now we are at that time of the year where things are a little bit sane more more lax indeed than they were in december but it has come around time (laughs) for us to kick back and we're going to do one of our segments we like to call what's the score and with what the score we do kick back and listen to some of our favorite horror scores and soundtrack but the whole thing is it has to be in-house only he has to have it has to be here nerd holla um on vinyl and again, we're not like those nerd vinyl snobs or anything no. like that. However, we really enjoy, you know, promoting physical media, mm-hmm. especially some of the cool vinyls that are out there with the boutique. Uh, you know, we get the boutique Blu-rays. There's the boutique vinyl selections out there. Exactly. And we are huge fans of that. But ultimately, we only do this roughly once a month. But there are some podcasts out there that do this constantly. We always love to give them some love. Uh, the Of course, the damn fine cast. Mm-hmm. You know, our friend Tony Giles from across the pond keeping you up to date on all the good they are actually my saturday and sundays revolve or usually chores and the damn fine cast well that's a good one to do it too i mean kicking out some tunes fucking cleaning up the house that's a good one it's very inspirational uh and also we've talked about our love of keeping local here and if you dig on soundtrack podcast the from an inspired by podcast by a friend of the show nick spacek will keep you in touch as well exactly so again make sure you are giving them the love we do this at this point this is it's been probably two or three months since we've done an episode <laughs> like this we're gonna make up for lost time with this one well, i'm excited that's the best thing actually at this point is some of the times we will theme these particular episodes you know we'll play all main themes or deep cuts we're going all over the board with this one but we are staying within the horror world. Mm-hmm. And to kick things off, um, I wanted to play a segment 
Um, if you go back to our best of 2018 episode, I was lucky enough to attend the Claudio Simonetti screening slash performance of Suspiria. Lucky. It's, yeah, I'll get off mic there. Uh, and it was, it really, I do feel lucky. It was wonderful. Um, it was transcendent. Uh, go back and listen to my description of it. But I wanted to kick things off with our this episode of What's the Score is with the particular track that I was talking about, which is entitled Size. And I think I may have actually mistaken it for Black Forest in our best of episode, but it is truly Size. And it was just such a cool, like I said, experience. You know, the initial, what do I watch? Do I watch the band or the movie? And then finding that balance. But ultimately, it was really cool because throughout Suspiria, you know, if you know the film, you're only getting about three different themes. Mm-hmm. You're getting the main theme, the doodly doo 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 doo, the the main one. Right. You also get one called Marcos, which plays a little bit more aggressive, and it's doodly 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 one of those. And you get size. And the reason we're going to play this is because when I was watching it live, it I fell under this trance. It's this like this hypnotic, a, meditative. A spell. It truly was, and a lot of it was the electric bass. So we're going to play a segment from, um, this is obviously by Goblin, from the Suspiria score. We're going to play the track Size, but what I want to challenge you as listeners, and also you, Genius McGee, is to follow along with the electric bass and just see if it takes you anywhere. Uh, like I said, there's just something hypnotic about it, seeing it live. It's the, it's, oh, it was magical. It nice. Was, I was under a spell as if I was attending a dance academy with some witch. So up first, we do have, from the Suspiria soundtrack, Size. Every time it came up, 
I would just get that lost in that. It was hypnotic. It put me in just this like meditative state. And like, and ultimately, it only came up like maybe three times, three or four times throughout the film. But man, every time I would just get lost in that loop. It was it was wonderful. It makes me feel like I'm walking through a forest. Like. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just walking through it. And, and it's like well lit because it's like. Of course it is. It's I mean, like it's not a dark and scary forest. It's more mysterious and unknowing. And that's what I like about that score. It's not like ominous. I mean, there's that ominous tone, that, but it's more like, like you said, hypnotic and melodic. Well, and that's what I love with that particular score is. And I think we even talked about it when we talked about the remake, you know, Goblin versus Tom York. Is that this one is a little bit more is a little bit more menacing as composed to kind of the melancholy you get with Tom York's, but just that little bit of that progressive edge that you get because mm-hmm. of Goblin and their prog rock roots, where sometimes they just repeat things, but then they add little layers on it. Yeah, almost like it with the Carpenter. Yeah, it's jam. Te- it's telling a story. It then they play, and it plays so well to the point that as we always say, it becomes a character in the movie. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, with Suspiria. You're oh, not yeah. there for the narrative. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the narrative is null and void in the original. Yeah. It, it, good luck following it. It's yeah. It's all you know. It's uh, it's the sound design. It's the audio. It's the visuals. It, it's it's the package. And it's all built into that particular score, which is always always so freaking good. Like I said, it's just hypnotic. Now, our next track, we're actually going to be staying in the 1970s, and this one actually stems from. We talked about some of our favorite moments from 2018. Um, mine was Fangoria, the return of Fangoria. Mm-hmm. But Fangoria was not the only kind of horror icon that returned yes. to us in 2018. Uh, one, Joe Bob Briggs came back to us mm-hmm. through the magic of Shudder. Shudder shout out. Shudder shout out. And it's great. It's pretty damn great. It's And it... it it harkens back to a day of the horror host, uh-huh. of the the one that you went, you spent your Friday evening with, your Saturday evening with, whether it was Joe Bob Briggs, whether Ron Shear, yep, uh, Elvira, Cremation Mortem, Captain uh, Captain USA, yes, fuck yeah, there are a number of them, but Joe Bob Briggs was always tied with horror, mm-hmm. and it was so funny because just regarding his character, and it is a character that he plays, how in such co- stark contrast of what you would expect your horror know-it-all but joe bob brings he brings that that sense of humor and that style and it's so much fun to have that injected back into these horror films yeah and back in 2018 uh we've talked about a little bit about uh the thanksgiving marathon with blood rage but here recently he did it was his it was the last drive-in it was the joe bob xmas and he marathoned an entire franchise and a lot of people were like oh silent night deadly night Right, or, and they're thinking Christmas. Of, why wouldn't you, right? Right, because it's done at Christmas. But the, indeed, we are staying in the 70s because our next track comes from the franchise that he focused on. And quite honestly, if this cue doesn't scare you... <laughs> You're already dead. He indeed went into and went deep into the Phantasm franchise. He's playing a good game, boy! <laughs> and it was great because, you know, I will always stand in defense of this franchise, especially the first one. That first one for me is an all-time classic. Yeah. Um, deserves to be 
um, studied as it's because so, it's I'm not going to say f- as a film, but it's fucking weird and wonderful. I mean, like Phantasm deserves it, it deserves all the kudos it gets and more. There's a reason when we call something a Coscarelli esque film, mm-hmm. that's always actually a compliment. But it also indicates that you're in for something weird. And this film produces nothing but weirdness. But also one of the things that it gave us is one of the just all time great themes um, when you think of all-time great main themes for horror films, it's funny because this one kind of gets lost in with like Halloween, right? Freddy, The Exorcist, uh, G- yeah. Because a lot of it, because they're built on again that repetition, mm-hmm. and so we are going to build from size from Goblin. This is uh, composed by Fred Myro and Malcolm Seagrave. This is the main theme from Phantasm. To this day, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's a good theme. It's ominous. It, it, you feel like you're in that funeral parlor. It gives you that claustrophobic sense. And cold. The marble. As you know? Also the metallic of a sphere or a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny that this, this film spawned a franchise. Right. Like, who knew that something that so weird, what, so just... What did we say on the game show? Um... Uh, an aging, balding ice cream man fights malicious little people, or uh, while an old a kid fights an old man in his balls. <laughs> and you take it? No, you go. Yo, no, that's that's phantasm. Yeah, that's phantasm. You know, it's, it's it's truly kind of a relic because that's another one that I think you would have a harder time making today, just based on that simple, right. basic description. Right. <laughs> but the theme, however adds another element to that film mm-hmm. that makes it so magical. And like I said, it's built on that basic repetition and then they keep adding to it. And making it more menacing. 
and more creepy. And that's one that's truly menacing. Yes, it is. And I, like I said, a lot of people confuse it with the, like the tubular bells from The Exorcist. Uh, Halloween, yeah, the main theme for that, and I can understand that. Uh, also, like Creep Show, kind of has a similar building theme as well. But there's something the simplistic nature of it, mm-hmm. but it just adds so much more to that particular movie. Yes. Well, going from what the effery with a movie, we're gonna go to some straight what the effery with our next album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was also a gift from friend of the podcast Abby. This is one where I gotta ask, you know, ultimately. How far is too far when it comes to merchandising <laughs> horror icons from the 1980s? There's a point. Okay, is, there, is there, there a precipice a, for you? There's a lot of points, because I've seen some ill shit. I mean, if you search up, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of terrible things that could be done with Jason's hockey mask. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, But I will say this. Shout out to the men behind the mask that do wonderfully artistic Artistic things. and great things, as opposed to, like, dank web shit you know (laughs) well it's really funny because i think it's pretty much agreed upon like if you go through 80s icons and horror the mount rushmore includes uh michael myers Mm -hmm. leatherface Mm -hmm. jason and the lucky participant of our next track but freddy (laughs) krueger and now no there's there's many ways no we talk about freddy and soundtrack and scores that you can go there's some good stuff i mean there's some fat boys you know there's will smith freddy has battled with some of the i like icons well i don't i can't call the fat boys icons i'll call them icons shit Fat boys are great. <laughs> but he's gone to battle with like the fat boys, Will DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> it's unreal. But this is someone that like Wes Craven probably had no idea when he was putting together the because the original Nightmare on Elm Street is a straight up scary film. Right. I still challenge anyone to this day. That is a scary movie. Made better by the score. But we're not listening to the score. We're listening to one of the offshoots again. How Freddy went from frightening child killer, man mm-hmm. that haunts your dreams. To like having his own like hotline. Yes. To having a plush doll. Right. Or in this case, Freddy's greatest hits. <laughs> this is such a weird record that totally distances itself from what I think was the essence of Freddy, but also shows you kind of the crazy excess of the 1980s. That Which, also, another time. Another place. Right. And we're going to, uh, I guess, ask if you're ready for Freddy, but our first track, and I want you to think about this one, genius, <laughs> it's it's kind of giving you a statement or a question, but it's going to ask, are you ready to do the Freddy? I'm Freddy, and this is for you. Beat up the Freddy. Put a guy in front, make a line, and back, then you're ready. 
can, the fuck? I can tell by your reaction <laughs> that you were not ready for that, were you there, I was genius? I was not ready for Freddy. I was thinking like like a little, even a little somewhat snippet of the boom, 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 you know? But like fucking instead, we got this totally jaunty, happy tune that has nothing to do with Freddy Krueger. I think it's like the Freddy some like dance in Australia or something. I mean, if we got any Australian listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. But like, oi, back in 52, we had a dance called the Freddy and it went like this, right? And then somebody just bought the rights and slapped had Freddy on it. Slapped Freddy on it. Because, like, you, what was it? You put your hands in the air. So, this is one of those great songs that will basically tell you, much like the Stanky Leg. Right. You know, all those. Th- Soldier really... Boy, you! You know, just like, yeah. But so. it tells you how to do the Freddy. And it is waving your hands back and forth, shaking your head, which really, for the. Now, listen. What you didn't see <laughs> were. And I, I appreciate the fact that they give you a template on how to do this. Right. However, I am also a very, you know, I'm an ad- admirer of interpretive dance. Are you a freestyler? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> you know, I don't want to restrict anyone. And what you didn't see, unfortunately, uh, listeners, was a genius and I trying to figure out, hey, if he did, like, if his arms extended all the way and he oh, did that little... Yeah, if he did, if he, you know, in the first one when his arms go all the way through the hallway, if he just started doing, like, the wave with it, you know? <laughs> and then, like, what was it, doing the worm? Doing the worm from Freddy Part 3. And he's a big, giant-ass worm. <laughs> and the ridiculous thing about that whole fucking song one not only did it have anything to do with freddie but it had something like i don't know if that was robert england or like uh robert england you know the, the, the spanish equivalent right but he's like sorry freddie <laughs> and through the whole movie they're like do the freddie and all you hear <laughs> and every time he fucking laughed it didn't inspire fear it inspired jovial laughter because i was in do the freddie like an animated cutesy version of Freddy. You could not give, you could not make this work with Michael Myers. No. Do the shit. Yes, you could do. Do dun 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 dun. The carpenterette's coming out like, ah. If if only. It's time to kick it. I'm telling you. If only John Carpenter performing live had featured Uh, the carpenterettes. No. no, But you uh, couldn't make it with with Michael Myers. Couldn't make it with Jason, that's for sure. No, well, Jason, granted, he got the man behind the mask, but... Not to the level of do the Jason, yeah. do the Voorhees, and then what? What you couldn't have the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do the Voorhees? It's just it's so bizarre. We're going to do the twist and it goes like this, and then like fucking Jason's twisting people and happens. That's what you'd have to incorporate. That's exactly it. It's so weird, but uh, we exist in a world where that was a legit thing. Do the Freddy. <laughs> so from doing the Freddy, please tell me there's a video of it somewhere oh, this guy like mtv australia just like there's like dude, all, the all we have to do is go to the interwebs <laughs> youtube is but a click away oh if there's not there needs to be please. oh well from from straight horror whether that's you know <laughs> horror of the awful kind <laughs> but to something that is and again here on nightmare junkwood we stay with horror but so i'm gonna have to make the argument that this is horror adjacent right but I wanted to stay in line with actual the theme and the weird what the effery of what we just listened to. Mm-hmm. And man, this is one that goes back. In fact, um, Shout Factory actually just put this out on a special Blu-ray just in time. Uh, but it's one that is, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to revisit it. But there's one thing that stands out to it. And we always joke about how at a certain time in your horror movies, you could have a rap song. 
mm-hmm. which I've even think we've listened to mani- the Maniac Cop right. Chew rap. <laughs> uh, we've listened to the Monster Squad rap. But this is a film that indeed features a rap. And the horror adjacent side comes from, would you consider like cults horror? Absolutely. So if something consisted of a cult menacing a, a virgin, mm-hmm. would you could maybe consider that horror adjacent? You know, I mean, look at what Satanists do. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, it's called for the greater good. Hail Satan. Right, 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 right. Okay, excellent. So that is why I am including a little cut from a film called Dragnet. <laughs> the Pagans. <laughs> You know what? I, I enjoy goodness and normalcy, so I could probably never be a pagan, unfortunately. <laughs> now, this is a really random movie starring podcast favorite um, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. as well as Dan Aykroyd. And it's a it's a basically an 80s take on the classic, oh man, was that from the 50s, yeah. if I remember right? Yeah. But it features, and because it came from the 80s, a rap song. Of course, because... You weren't a movie in the 80s if you didn't have a rap song. That's how it goes. Like, after 84, if you didn't have a rap song, yeah. And and this film definitely gives us a rap song. So we are going to be listening to a track entitled City of Crime. Now, God help me, I know most of the lyrics to this by heart. Dude, if we didn't justify that this is horror adjacent, I couldn't, like, if you asked me, like, 10 minutes ago, would you consider Dragnet a horror movie? And I'm like... Hell no. But, you know, since we justified it, I totally could see it as a horror movie. You'll allow this? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I couldn't get Cool Rider from Grease 2 on Nightmare Junkhead, but I can still skirt the edge with with this one here. Now, this is one I highly recommend if you know, sing along with this one. Um, it's not good. Dragnet rap. It's not good. Sing but along if you know it. It's fun. And uh, you know what? Break out your finest goatskin pants. Yep. Dance around an ancient ruin. Yep. Uh, we're gonna have fun with this one. Yeah. This is City of Crime from the Dragnet soundtrack. <laughs> this is the city. It's a city of crime. My name is Friday. I carry a badge. Three fifteen a.m. Thursday, January fifteenth. It was chilly that morning in the city of Angels. On this particular occasion, we happened to witness a pagan ritual in progress. See that stream at, we're just in time. We have stumbled into a major crime. They got the girl off right. Now that's not nice. I think she is the subject of a sacrifice. Buddy, we're putting this party on ice. But don't you know we really ought to read them their rights? Read them their rights. Read them their rights. Well, I'm here tonight to rap about your rights. Because right now you're in trouble. for being violent. While we are here, let's state it clear. You have the right to remain silent. Well, excuse me, comma, Mr. Crabstock, what is wrong with what we're doing? We just like to dance in our goatskin pants around this ancient ruin. Now, it's not so funny that it costs big money if you ever have to hire a lawyer. It's my duty to inform you and my pleasure to warn you. We'll provide one for you. Huh. 
serious call. And you'll probably be doing some serious time. In case you might be worried about the friends you lose. At least I get to see you on the evening news. It's a new sensation. We go down to the station. You're gonna answer some questions. And have some refreshments. <laughs> Once again, what you didn't see. <laughs> Mike is Greg's interpretive dance and sing along with every single fucking word. It was glorious. I, I could have easily been the Flavor Flav to Hankson like Aykroyd, I think, back in those days. Uh, the funny thing is, I'm just seeing like Tom Hanks in his David S. Pumpkins outfit. But when he's a rapper, he's called David S. Pimpkins, right? And he's fucking sitting there rapping along. And that's all I could see in my mind. And then all of a sudden... Dan Aykroyd turned in from Friday into the judge from Nothing But Trouble, oh, but no. then started oh, no. breakdancing like spinneroonies and shit. It was glorious. Well, you know they did have a um, digital, digital underground. underground. Yep. Yep. All the same song. It's it's just such a weird thing, and it's so funny because if you look at like Tom Hanks, his little Chet Hanks, who came out as a rapper or mm-hmm. tried his hand at rapping. Did much better than I would. Did he cover this? No, he didn't. And that's oh. what's funny is to me, it's so funny that ultimately his dad something, did something better. Oh, so long ago. Oh, so long ago. <laughs> dad did it first. Fucking Collins yelling at him. But dad did it already. You know? and, <laughs> and like I said, there's just something about this particular film. It makes me laugh. I don't know if it holds up. I don't know if necessarily this gives me any street cred knowing the entirety of this, you know, bit, uh, but it's something that I still enjoy listening to. And I wanted to make sure we put that one on here. Now, our next track is something that I'd like to think in a best of all perfect worlds um, that the pagans would dance along with this particular track. Like it would hit the, the right, you know, rhythm, the, the right, uh, the rhythm and the rhyme. Uh, also, shout out to our friends Chris and Regina Daniel for yeah, dressing as pagans. Exactly. I was going to say, few, they probably are dancing around singing along, too. Showed up as Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd in their pagan disguises. And it was hot as balls that fucking year. I think Regina kept losing the mustache. <laughs> mustache yes. kept melting off. <laughs> well, this one, it, it's so wonderful because um, I'd like to also think that our next composer here, which is Ennio Morricone. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which means we're going to get classy. Uh, but this particular track, it's really interesting because it's it's involved in one of those occasions where as we we enjoy we enjoy trailers. Oh, yeah. On the podcast. We talk about it all the time. But this is one of those instances where the, the song makes the trailer better than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Now you just got that glimpse of recognition. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you know where I'm going uh-huh. with this one. Uh, this does come indeed from the Exorcist 2 score. Yes. This is uh, go, uh, going to our uh, Italian prog rock roots here. This is totally Morricone doing like a Goblin-esque, full, Fritzy, just Fulci kind of... Full on. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. Uh, it's called Magic and Ecstasy. And it's it's Pazuzu putting the P in funky with a PH. Mm-hmm. I, I, I promise you this. I dare you not to get funky with this one. But also check out the trailer involved, but this is Magic and Ecstasy from Ennio Morricone.
don't know if it's the magical mixture of the ch- the child the child chorus. The dun 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 dun. That song fucking rules, man. They're like dun 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 dun. That crazy beat underneath it, and then that weird tin whistle. Just like it's fucking. That song is fucking rad. It, but and James Earl Jones and a bunch of bees. That is like. And that's the thing. The trailer with that song is so much better than the movie itself. It's ridiculous. You get a total different vibe from what you actually get with the film. And (laughs) honestly, bait and switch, man. And the score itself contains some very meditative passages. But Magic and Ecstasy is it's it's right there in the title. Mm -hmm. It's it is magical. It just it takes you on an adventure. And like I said, it's like Ennio Morricone going like. I can hang with the youngsters, these goblin fellas. Let me show you what it is, you know. Oh, you like the rock and roll. <laughs> and what a lot of people always forget also is Morricone uh, also did the actual the score for The Thing. Yeah. But he apes Carpenter's <laughs> style so much you forget that it is actually Morricone. So not only did he really score some of the most influential, like the spaghetti westerns, and that's, you know, obviously not necessarily horror or even horror adjacent, but hopefully, you know, people that listen to the podcast explore outside of the horror genre right or and at least in Marconi's catalog oh yeah because that's the one thing is some people and i know some people are like horror only and that's fine but man yeah. like those old spaghetti westerns but there's some good stuff sergio they're just they're they're just cool mm-hmm. the movies mm-hmm. they're they're just they're just fun and just and they're as violent as the horror movies oh my goodness so but then the music itself is just so much better mm-hmm. and again it becomes a character and something that people come to identify with the spaghetti westerns um but you know ultimately what i really like also is that the entire thing is kind of hypnotic as well just even though as chaotic as it is there's an underlying beat bum, in there bum, 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 bum. but yeah it's chaos but it's like nice chaos. It's fun chaos. I know it's not fun. To me, it sounds like fun. Like there's shenanigans afoot. Well, and that's what it is. There's something kind of sinister bubbling underneath it right. as well. And that leads us to the second to last track of what we're going to be listening to tonight. And this one comes from an, a classic, uh, J- JC himself, old John Carpenter. How's it going? Uh, as well as Alan Harworth, and this one is something we haven't listened. Uh, he does his live shows now. He doesn't do anything from this particular film, which is interesting because this one is I kind of I always call it like darkly digital because um, it really represents the film. We've done a commentary track devoted to it. Mm-hmm. We're huge proponents of it, which I like I said, I'm I'm convinced is the the way people look at it now. But uh, Halloween three. Yeah, it's it for me now. And the track we're going to listen to is not the main theme because the main theme, as much as I tie it to Halloween three. I also tie it to the Maximum Overdrive trailer. <laughs> it's going to scare the hell out of you. Where you got Stephen King calling out, let's see, David Cronenberg. John Carpenter. S- Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Just a number of people going, oh, if I'm going to do it right. <laughs> Meteor shit. <laughs> and I'll say this. I did pick up the Vestron Blu-ray of uh, Maximum Overdrive. You haven't lived until you hear Yeardley Smith just dropping F-bombs so casually, and it just makes your experience, because she's talking about her her role and how she actually really enjoyed it. Like, she had a good time filming Maximum Overdrive. Fuck, I would too, man, with coked out Stephen King and the Green Goblin. Fuck yeah. Not remembering anything at all going on there. Um, but Who no. Made him? <laughs> 
But on the on the totally opposite end, we do have, and he uses that particular the main theme from Halloween Three in that trailer. Uh, so it kind of takes away the power of it. So the track we're going to listen to here is entitled. This one is actually the um, Chariots of Pumpkins, um, and this is another one that's kind of a slower build, as you would with a Carpenter's track. But also, like I said, this one is so much more digital, and it adds that feeling of terror, the terrors of TV, if you will, that you would get from like 1982. Uh, so again, John Carpenter's Chariots of Pumpkins. hypnotic track i feel like i'm on a beer run for tom atkins when i run into some robo cretins you know what i'm saying i felt like i was being chased by robo cretins any, any excuse to drink i had any to, excuse had to, to drink. throw the beers to get away man he, he tom would, atkins gonna be pissed dr dane ain't gonna have that he would not sacrifice beers nope. for that are you kidding but i'm not gonna sacrifice myself i'm being chased by robo cretins <laughs> Another definitely hypnotic theme. I think that's kind of the 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 theme that we're the consistent theme that we're hitting with a lot of these here. But like I said, contrast that to the main thing that you hear. I think probably fifteen times during the entirety of Halloween three with the silver shamrock mm-hmm. jingle. <laughs> a weird contrast. You almost need that weird digital kind of sound mm-hmm. to just go, oh, get that earworm out of my head. Yeah. Oh, well, plus, like that, like I said, it, it adds good Robo Cretan music. You know. Did was that established during the commentary track? Yeah, it was. The idea of a Robo Cretan. Robo Cretan. Yeah. <laughs> I guess better than Robo McFoil. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Upgrade. Um, but that leads us to our last track. And there's a couple of reasons why I wanted this to be our last one. Uh, number one, I have to switch it up to 45 to speed it up. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that I didn't start and forget to do the switch down to 33. And then secondly, we're in the the, the midst of, as they say in the podcasting world, uh, banking a few episodes. 
So I wanted something that was inspiring. Yes. Something that would energize you. Yes. Something that'll make you continue through the grind. Yes. And I will say this. We'll talk a little bit about it after we listen to it. But if you've listened to the podcast, (laughs) this comes from a a very, very nice Christmas gift from one genius McGee. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, absolutely. But like like I told you, man, this is one of those gifts where it's like, you know, royally not for you. It's for me. (laughs) This is the bowling ball (laughs) of Nightmare Junkhead. (laughs) But no, we are going to be listening to our favorite theme. We're we're not going to tell you the title. If you're a longtime listener, you're going to know hopefully immediately. And if you're not, if this is one of your first few episodes, prepare yourself. Right. Oh, my goodness. This gets (laughs) epic. So good. Thank you so very much, Genius McGee, <laughs> for bestowing upon Nightmare Junkhead <laughs> the ability now to go to the well anytime we need to inspire and energize. Da-da. I'm telling you, that's like you ever hear like that it, whenever you want to get pumped up or like get ready to go do some shit, some epic shit. If you got to go fuck shit up, put the soundtrack, the theme from Visitor. Stericulum. Yep, the stridulum uh, theme. Stir- yeah, and stridulum. It's some like weird bone in your body, but that's what it does. It puts a weird bone in your body, and you're ready to take on the day. It is by uh, Franco Macalizzi, and I probably horribly butchered his last name there, but it is such an epic theme. <laughs> One that we were introduced through through the initial trailer of the Alamo uh, re-release of The Visitor, and then uh-huh. when we, we actually got to host a screening of the visitor at the draft house, which was awesome. Yes. I I didn't, I've never seen it before. And I went in there blind. I was like, this movie is fucking great. And I remember like coming out. 
Da-da. Well, a film that is actually celebrating its 40th year. Yes. Dare I say something we might see in the uh, Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Yes. You'll have to wait until March, but I'm, it's not a bad idea to go ahead and tease that and say, yeah, the, the madness does indeed continue mm-hmm. this year. We've got, we are celebrating films from 1979, 1989, 1999, and 2009. And which, of course, means we have to admit a few films, but we will honor their... They're, the Fallen. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, it's always a lot of fun, and we are working on a guest podcast. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to last year's um, Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Won't reveal who wins, so listen to them sequentially. Mm-hmm. And much like last year, we are going to be shooting for two episodes a week, the first uh, one on Monday and then on Friday. Yep. So we're going to double dose in it. Indeed. Um, but no, this is. I'm glad we got a chance to do this. It's been a while since we've been able to kick back and listen to some of these. Yeah. And like I said, there's... I, I'm ready for Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, this is Greg D. <laughs> and I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Da-da-da-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun